begins and ends in Alaska. The Trans-Alaska Pipeline is an oil pipeline that spans 800 miles. While it was being constructed between 1974 and 1977, the city of Anchorage, Alaska became a boomtown, attracting men, money, commerce, and crime. With the rise in male construction workers came a notable community of sex workers. The pipeline was completed in 1977, but the growth of Anchorage, Alaska did not slow down. Today, it is the biggest city in the entire state of Alaska. In 1983, Cindy Paulson was a 17-year-old prostitute walking the street. A local man in a pickup truck approached her and offered her $200 for oral sex. He was soft-spoken and small. It was cold out, and $200 was a lot of money, so she got in the car. As soon as she closed the door behind her, the man reached across her and handcuffed her to the interior of the truck. So this is really not good. He has a gun and tells her that if she doesn't stay quiet, he'll kill her. The man drives her to a house that looks normal enough, except once he has her inside, there's a fixture. In some places I saw it described as like a like a meat hook hanging in his oh, den. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I saw that when I was really young. Too young, probably. <sighs> God, probably. Terrible. Um, but then in other places, they say that he actually took her down to the basement and chained her to a support beam. This is evidently the home that this man shares with his wife and children. He rapes, sodomizes, and tortures Cindy continuously throughout the night. Then this horrifying monster decides he's tuckered out and takes a little nap, leaving Cindy tied up. When he wakes up in the morning, he calmly tells her to get dressed, but doesn't let her actually put on most of her clothes. Then he drags her into the back of his truck and drives Cindy to Merrill Field, a small local airport in Anchorage. That is, it's both used by like companies and by private flyers. It's like a rich people airport. Basically. But in Alaska, I don't know how rich that might be. There he tells her he's going to fly her out to his hunting cabin. He tells her he's taken lots of girls out there to have fun with them. It's what he called his summer project. This guy's a creep. Yeah, and Cindy was like, oh, hell no. When he got out of the truck to prepare the plane, he left her with her hands cuffed together, but not cuffed to the inside of the truck like he had the night before. So half naked, barefoot, and with her hands cuffed together, Cindy bolts. She runs out of the hangar and manages to flag down a car. She could still hear the man yelling for her to come back, screaming, stop you, bitch, I'll kill you. Cindy managed to give the police detailed descriptions of her assailants, his house, the car, the plane, and what every single piece in the home looked like. It did not take long for police to identify the man who had taken her as 40-year-old Robert Hansen, a married man who owned a thriving bakery in Anchorage, Alaska, the same bakery where many Anchorage detectives went for breakfast and coffee. This is the story of the Butcher Baker. I'm Natalie Levy. I'm Michael Costa. And this is Detective Society. Hi guys! Hey. Uh, I'm Natalie Levy. I'm still Michael Costa. We're, we're both still who we are. Um, this is Detective Society. We're it- back. <laughs> We're back. If you're a new listener, number one, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, Number two, 
This is not necessarily a regular episode of Detective Society as it doesn't revolve around a murder that happened in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area. But big ups and thank you to Troy, who is one of the winners of our first ever Detective Society giveaway. Uh, we put out the feelers for people to send us their favorite true crime yes, stories. On the and this was an extremely good one. So what we're doing is kind of following three different stories that we wouldn't typically cover as part of a giveaway that we're doing. Will they be the next three episodes in a row or we're going to space them out? I think we'll probably space them out because I'd like to do some DC Wait, Out of ones. state, back in DC, out of state, back in DC maybe? Maybe, but some of the ones that we got were also DC suggestions. Oh, so okay. I actually, I we might do some of those too. Okay. So... That was our giveaway. We have two more winners coming. Please stay tuned. But first, let's do some housekeeping. Let's clean that house. So number one, we have a Facebook group. A lot of people have asked and a lot of podcasts do this. We started a a Facebook group for listeners. There you guys can post whenever you want. You can interact with each other. All you have to do is search. uh, You just have to search Facebook for the Detective Society podcast. Yes. So it's not like our regular podcast page that you can just like. It's actually a group that you can join. And all you have to do is join. You can add yourself, and I just approve everyone who asks. You're the decider. (laughs) Yes, I am the decider. But I pretty much just let everyone in. We don't really have many rules other than, like, be cool. Yeah, or don't. But be cool. No, be cool, man. Be cool. It's the internet. So, uh, as usual, you can always support us on our Patreon page. Yep. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Detective Society. But rating and reviewing us are free. And I've heard subscribing is a way iTunes tracks uh, movers and shakers of yes, podcasts. Yes, that so is true. So hit that true. subscribe button as well. So, yeah, please subscribe, uh, rate and review. We do have a new review, and I always like to do shout-outs for people who review us. It's by Jessica BS. Absolutely a must-listen if you like true crime podcasts and live in the D.C. metro area. So that's really, really exciting. So it sounds like this this person's a local. But if you've been listening for a while... yes. You heard when we did a shout out to Thrilling 3333333. Yes. Okay. So he had before listed us as his second favorite podcast. Uh Now he doesn't, he doesn't go into detail, but he does now say that we are better than True Crime Garage. Oh, wow. But here's the twist. Okay. Number one, True Crime Garage is amazing. So thank you. Because we're just a couple of like Joe Schmoes who don't know what we're doing. Um, I never know. But here's the twist. He doesn't say if True Crime Garage is his actual favorite podcast. So maybe we jumped them, but then someone jumped the both of us? Yeah. Or like maybe it was just like, well, they're definitely better than these people. Oh, man. I don't know how to value myself as a human being anymore. And I never will. Oh, my God. This whole podcast. Ranking and I, it's a mystery to me. It's a weird science that I don't understand. Yeah, unless I get validation from strangers on the internet, what am I supposed to do with my life? That's so true. Life is meaningless. Let's yeah, talk murder. So, yeah, so life is meaningless. Please follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the Detective Pod. Super cheery people. Yeah, you can also um, contact us on our website, Part Time Podcasts, or you can email us at uh, we are Detective Society Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. So let's get back to Alaska. Robert Hansen. 
Who the F is Robert Hansen, you ask? I heard he was a baker. Well, he's also a real piece of work. Father, too. And husband. So let's go back in time a little bit. We're coming down to the contiguous states. Uh, So the, yes. Uh, Hansen was born in Iowa in 1939. He was the son of Danish immigrants. And by all accounts, his father was extremely domineering. Which was kind of made all the worse because Hansen was skinny, very shy, wore glasses, had a terrible stutter, and severe acne, which left him with lifelong scarring. So it goes without saying that life was not great for Robert Hansen growing up. Probably not the worst childhood, but I'm sure there are easier. Yeah, I just figured that he is not having a very pleasant or easy home life, and then... He goes to school where they say that girls completely ignored him at the best of times and taunted him at the worst of times. It's never mind. It's someone else's fault. Always. I'm not saying it's someone else's fault. I just want to go into the backstory. I always find this stuff really interesting. Why do too, but can you stop eating ice (laughs) while we're trying to record a podcast? I'm trying to recover still. We've been so long without an episode because what episode did Rebecca record on? Well, no, that oh, uh, Joby Planchin, uh, Joby Plachinski. Yeah, we were off at her wedding, so I'm still I'm, I'm trying to recover. From Rebecca that. Johnson just got married this weekend to her beautiful beau Brogan. They're an adorable, amazing couple. Anyway, back to horrific murder. Sorry, let's not talk about love right now. We're trying to talk about horrible childhoods. We're talking about the the murderous baker of Anchorage. Yes. So he. Has a very hard childhood. Throughout his adolescence, Hansen is described as being quiet, a loner, having a dysfunctional relationship with his father, and being frequently bullied in school. So he turns to hunting as a that's as a refuge. That's a good sign. Murdering animals definitely sounds like a healthy way to deal with those feelings. Yeah. Um. But I guess if you're someone who knows him who doesn't want to deal with his feelings, at least he's found something to do. I guess, well, I guess, except that now we know that at the same time as he was out hunting, he was also nursing violent revenge fantasies in his head. So, super healthy. Yep. Top one, of his game. One detail that struck me as an example of just how forgettable and lonely Hansen was as a young man is that... He graduated in a class of only 31 other kids, and they still misspelled his name in the yearbook. He's like a ghost in high school. Yeah, it's... And in Iowa, where everyone knows everyone, I assume. I mean, I don't want to generalize about Iowa. I've never been there. I'm sure it's lovely. It's a high school where they only have 31 seniors in the graduating class. I'm assuming that everybody knows everyone. Excuse me. I graduated with 80 other children. Thank you. So, for the next 10 years... Hansen's life is like a goddamn roller coaster. He has his first sexual encounters when he's 18 years old with prostitutes. Okay. This will become a theme in his life. He joins the army, moves back home after two years to become a junior drill sergeant, marries his first wife, follows in his dad's footsteps to become a baker, works as a volunteer firefighter while secretly setting a bunch of fires, is arrested for arson... (laughs) Goes to jail for 20 months. 
He goes to jail for 20 months, divorces his first wife, then meets his second wife, marries her, and moves to Alaska. This, at this point, this is only 1967. This all happens before he turns 30. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a different era, of course. I get that just seems like a lot. <laughs> it it, uh, it seems like you're writing like a book of um, telltale, you know, murderer signs, kills animals. Yeah. I, Join the army. The red marriages. flags are all over the place, man. And did, actually, did he get thrown out of the army? N- well, he gets thrown out after he's arrested. So while in, our, in the army, he gets arrested and gets discharged. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just it's a trail of red flags a crimson trail if you will yeah that's bad i'm sorry he's 28 it's 1967 he moves to alaska but it should be noted that many people believe that he was actively raping and murdering women and like the sex workers that he was seeing before he moved so this is like our back page guy that you know who knows how long his list of victims is exactly but i in my personal opinion you don't you don't go from zero to murder with no prior escalation no ramp up exactly so, as I alluded to earlier, Hansen mostly chose prostitutes and exotic dancers as they were far less likely to be missed and were considered more difficult to trace. Between 1967, when he moves to Alaska, and 1983, when he picked Cindy up, we know for a fact that Hansen was actively raping and murdering other young women, mostly dancers and sex workers, but as with so many of these types of killers, including Neil Falls, the back page possible killer that we talked about in an earlier episode, we don't know exactly how many victims he had. Yes, because so many of the people, if they ever reported missing, it's, you know, yeah. it's the way society treats people in those situations. Oh, they're a prostitute. Ah, who cares? They went to some other state, probably. It's fine. Look to go money, get money somewhere else. Well, it's super upsetting. Yeah, it is. Um, and so, see, I keep thinking of H.H. H. Holmes. Because he's going to be in Anchorage through this boom period. Yeah. When there's an influx of people, the the system's overrun, and someone goes missing, no one notices. Well, and something that we're not going to be able to talk about as much during this episode is that in addition to rape and murder, he was also committing fraud all over the place. Was he still lighting fires? You know, his old... I'm sure he was. Old, I'm sure uh, he was. His old proving grounds? Yeah, but he commits, like insurance fraud he has like all these like terrible side hustles in addition to being the friendly neighborhood baker also that's his main hustle my bad yeah the pillar of society husband baker guy yeah so his victims range in age from 16 to 41 years old again making it really difficult to nail him down as an expert hunter, Hansen kidnapped vulnerable women, used them as sex slaves, flew them to his cabin in remote Alaska, released them into the wild, and then oh. hunted them during what he called his summer projects. Oh, my God. So he's marrying his two favorite hobbies. Do what you love and the money will come. <laughs> but I probably not. But I, I, in this case, it did. Oh, my God. I just, that was really upset. Someone just dropped the bomb in our building, I think. Oh, that weird, like, slam? Yeah, Sorry, just, guys. That's for you, Daddy Dogs. I'm sure that's going to get picked up on the mics. I will not. Former FBI agent John Douglas, an expert on criminal personality profiling and the one-time head of an elite FBI investigative support unit, said Hansen, one of the, Hansen was one of the most vile rapists or killers he had ever dealt with. He said, these crimes were crimes of anger. He would have gotten off on having his victims beg for their lives, 
being a hunter, at a certain point, it would have occurred to him that he could combine these various activities by flying them, his victims, out into the wilderness alive, then hunting them down for sport and further sexual gratification. This would have been the ultimate control, and it would have become addictive. He would have wanted to do it over and over again. He tried to make us think that he had some kind of moral code by victimizing prostitutes. But in reality, these were street girls, and the girls in the bars were easier victims. Oh, my God. Is that... And that's... Not to spoil it. Is that Nicolas Cage? Uh, so, <laughs> so there is a there's a movie based on Robert Hansen. There is called The Frozen Ground. I couldn't keep it in. I I saw part of the trailer. You were watching it earlier, and I just it's bubbling inside me that there's a Nicolas Cage movie about this case. Okay, we'll talk about it later <laughs> on. Right, but I I can't tell you because I haven't actually seen the movie. So fast forward to 1983. Robert Hansen has managed to live under the police radar. Not okay. Well, not even actually under police radar. He's firmly above police radar because he opens a bakery where local police officers grab breakfast and coffee and snacks and are actually described as very friendly. With and, him. and you know, some of them are like, "Hey, man, Hansen, remember that time you wore that firefighter and set fires? That was crazy." Because that also happened in Alaska, didn't it? No. Oh, they they, they don't know about his background. Damn. That was back in Iowa. Well, here I am fucking up the story. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everyone will really fault you for it. Um, so Cindy Paulson, the girl who he picked up earlier who managed to escape, yeah. who, by the way, is a freaking boss. Zero. Oh, my God. The fact that this girl wasn't so terrified, because obviously he's done this many, many times before, and she's the first one who said, like, oh, no, thank you. I will not be doing this. I, I just – this guy seems to be, like, the the profile that all, like, law and order SVU <laughs> murderers are built like off of. Like they send uh, uh, Benson undercover. Yeah. yeah. So – I, I just love her. I love her and I'm in love with her. And she she went through a lot of shit. Number one, she's 17 when this happens. Oh, and then what we won't talk so much about is just how much she was discredited. How much people By told her. the authorities? Or? Well, just that, that they weren't going to take her word over a pillar of the communities. And how well, the guy who was, makes the great bagels in the morning. And how much she was told, like, even by other officers, like, I believe you, but we can't do anything about this right now. We don't have any other evidence. It's literally just your story. Shit. So Cindy Paulson is sitting in the hospital telling them this insane story. But because she's able to give them such a detailed and believable account... They almost immediately know where to start looking, right? They show up at Hansen's house. Less than two hours after Cindy makes her escape, police are at his front door. It is very clear who she's talking about, even if she doesn't know his name. Robert matches Cindy's description exactly. The police inform Hansen of the accusations against him, and obviously, he reacts completely shocked. What? (laughs) Me? The local baker? Kidnapping multiple women and flying them to a cabin? Who would... I could (sighs) never do such a thing. Just the friendly baker. Third generation or whatever. 
So he is willingly taken into custody and interviewed by Officer William Dennis of the Anchorage PD Sexual Assault Unit. Hansen was totally cooperative, according to Dennis. He's polite. He doesn't demonstrate any characteristics that would suggest any kind of guilt. But then again, when you're a complete sociopath, generally yes. you don't feel much guilt. Hansen gave a detailed account of his movements the night before, claiming he had been with two friends, John Sumrall and John Henning, at the time during which he was accused of raping Cindy. Both men backed up his story. Hansen readily agrees to police searching his house, car, and airplane, and signed waivers agreeing to all of this. He must have been so sure that he was not going to get caught. I don't know. Or so arrogant that he's... Above this and... Something that's going on at the same exact time is that the bodies of young women are being found in hunting grounds around the Anchorage area. Police begin to zero in, and later on, both of his friends, the two Johns, would admit to lying. Well, yeah, they're the two Johns. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you, you have someone who's described everything and has witnessed all of this, and I just... I got a feeling this is going to be one of those stories where the Anchorage police kind of dropped the ball on this investigation. Actually, no. Okay. They were they were working extremely hard to find out what happened to these girls. But the problem was that a lot of the times, by the, t- by the time that they found the bodies, they had de- decomposed so far that there was really no physical evidence left except for one bullet casing. And all of the bullet casings that they found at each of these grave sites were from the same bullet. They knew that. Or not from the same bullet, from the same gun. So they knew that. But Hansen lets them search all of his stuff. He's got all these weapons and none of them match this casing. So we mentioned earlier that Cindy gives this extremely detailed description. She had clearly been inside his house and car, but they they couldn't nail down that he had been the one who assaulted her. So it's clear that she's been in his house. It's clear that she's been in his car, but it's not clear that she didn't just see him the night before and then was assaulted after leaving his home. As I said earlier, it came down to the word of a respected local businessman with an alibi against the word of a prostitute with a police record. So here's the thing. Throughout this time, These rangers are finding the bodies of all these young women buried in the woods. In a lot of these cases, there's been so much decomp that they're unable to identify who these women are. Or, like, they have no IDs on them. They have no noticeable characteristics. But it's not like they're just sitting around forgetting about these girls. They're working actually really hard. Now, just two months before... Cindy shows up after being kidnapped, a 17-year-old girl named Paula Goulding goes missing in the Anchorage area, and police are actively looking for her. In September, three months after Cindy escapes, they find Paula's body. Now, because of the similarities between Paula and Cindy, they kind of look alike. They're exactly the same age. This gets detectives thinking about Robert Hansen again because they because Cindy is adamant yeah. that, that this is the guy. So investigators, one day, they decide they're going to tail Hansen. They follow him to work, and they ask him to come with them to the police station for questioning. Hansen 
didn't even bother to ask why they wanted to talk to him. He just agreed to go along. Well, there's coffee buddies. Yeah. Well, and at this point, you're right. He's so... He's so sure that it's not going to happen. He's so sure the, the that he is so he had, smart. Must have, like. Exactly. So at the same time, and this is kind of what I love, like the detectives are super sneaky about this. At the same time as one group of detectives is investigating him at the police station, another two groups of detectives serve warrants for Hansen's house and his plane. Yeah. There... They find weapons throughout the house because he's a hunter, but nothing to implicate him in the murders, which is totally normal because he's actually super accomplished in hunting. Like something that I haven't talked about was the fact that he was a world record holder in hunting. Like this guy's well known in the community. Right before they were about to quit for the day. So they're getting ready to wrap everything up. One of the officers discovers a hidden, like, crawl space tucked away in the attic rafters. In there, they discover a a Remington 552 rifle, a Thompson Contender 7mm single-shot pistol, an aviation map with specific locations marked off, various pieces of jewelry, newspaper clippings, a Winchester 12-gauge shotgun, a driver's license, Various ID cards belonging to young women. Oh, my God. And what is most incriminating is a two twenty three caliber Mini-14 rifle. When ballistic test results come back, the shell casings yeah. found at the grave sites are the ones that match that rifle. The one that he'd had hidden in his attic that whole time. Jackpot. So at this point... They got him. They come to him with all of this evidence. And in 1984, after being arrested, Hansen confessed to killing 17 women, most of them dancers and prostitutes, during a 12-year span. But these are just the women from Alaska. He also confesses to raping and releasing 30 women during that time. Fuck, man. All in Anchorage still? Yeah. So, like, once he... Oh, my God. Ones he didn't take out for his summer project. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. Oh, and then again, the arrogance fact. He just hide. It's just in his attic. Like, this is really upsetting. Deeply upsetting. Yeah. Well, this is a show about murder. Yeah. I know, oh, I'm. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've ever I listened forgot. to it before, I, Michael. I, I uh, actually really hate the sound of my own voice. So it's infrequently, if I'm being honest. So this is a show. It's called Detective Society. It's all, the whole thing. The whole thing is about, about murder. murder. It's yeah. About murder. That's I get. I see that now. I think I have been confused through what is now what twelve episodes. <laughs> um, but I clearly see this is about murder. Huh. Weird. So. At the end of the day, he's only convict he's only convicted of four of the murders because he takes a deal that would spare him being tried 17 times for 17 different murders. Unfortunately, only 12 of the bodies of the 17 women he admitted to killing have ever been found. I assume they correspond to that aviation map you alluded to? Yeah. Yeah. It is believed that there could be other unknown victims still out there, their remains still hidden or unaccounted for. The Anchorage Baker also confessed to raping 30 other women, as I mentioned earlier, but only a very small number of those women ever came forward, and many of them are still missing. 
Robert Hansen was sentenced to 461 years in prison. He died in 2014 when he was 75 years old, still in prison. Jesus Christ. So that's the story of the Butcher Baker. It's pretty fucked up. But do you want to talk about this weird movie? We haven't seen it yet, so I don't know how much we have to talk about it. So we haven't seen it, but I do know, and this cast is pretty insane. It's out there. It's peak 2012 or 2013, whenever it was made. John Cusack. Yes. Stars as Robert Hansen. The lovable record shop owner from High Fidelity. Yeah, America's sweetheart, John Cusack. At one point in the late 90s and 2000s? Yeah, I guess. As? As a a speckled, scar-faced, baker- Rape murderer. And what's so crazy... Expert hunter. What's super crazy is that you look at pictures of this dude, and, like, I think a lot of the times you can tell, like, you look at pictures of people, and it's just, like, dead in the eye. I would I would meet you on the street and definitely think that you murdered prostitutes. I see pictures of this guy, and I'm like, never. This guy looks like a chemistry teacher. He looks so unassuming. I can totally, like, I can see why women weren't afraid to get into his car with him. Because he looks like the type of person that, you know, the kids used to make fun of all the time. Yeah, so, he just looked like a lonely guy. Do you think about his, his wife? And that guy still kids? had two wives. Yeah. No, those women will not come forward or talk to the press. I, I mean, how would you? Jesus. Yeah. So, it's John Cusack as Robert Hansen. Uh-huh. It's... Vanessa Hudgens as Cindy Paulson. That's that's the one where I when I saw that trail, I was like, wait, who? Yeah, she's the one that they that at first they can't like convict him. How how what was the time period there from when she you said it was like three months or like a six month span? Yeah, it it wasn't very long at all. So she You said she comes in three months later, the next girl goes missing. No, 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 no. no. Paula goes missing two months before she gets kidnapped. Then three months later, they find Paula's body. So he was super active also. Yeah. It wasn't like he was like, oh, I better not murder anyone anymore. Arrogance, man. Yeah. Um, so it's then Nicolas Cage as an unnamed detective. I'm not sure who he, which detective he is or if he's just kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of different so, detectives. I think we do have to watch it because with Nicolas Cage, you get two kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Overacting and bad and overacting and good. That is true. There's no middle ground. There's no, you know, there's no director that's going to rein in the cage. Do you want to hear the real wild card of this cast? Yes. 50 Cent is in this movie. Wait, Curtis is in it? Yeah. Well, I don't Curtis know play? who he's playing, though. Oh, damn I it. just see his name all over the articles about it. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson? Yeah. I think I saw on the poster you showing that's how he's credited. I think it is, yeah. Well, guys, this was another Detective Society mini-sode. Thanks to Troy no, it, or yeah. Troy, I mean. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to. I don't oh, even drop last names. But you dropped. I did at the beginning, didn't I? I might have to cut that. Uh, Troy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This was. Uh, God, fucking. What a sick fuck, man. Like. And it's. It's the ones who are the most prolific ones. I feel like you're always, they're always the ones who are targeting these lost individuals in our society. You know, yeah, like man. It, it's easy to make girls who are already pretty much disappeared. Dis- yeah. That's disappear. True. Jesus. And then I, like I said, I'm a, I've seen multiple things on H.H. H. Holmes and that's just the similarities here as far as 
that boom period where it's so much easier for people to disappear as well. Because he's yeah. that's when he's probably most active, according to at least him. Yeah. Jesus, man. Well, I gotta watch the movie because Nilis Cage is the one We're true god. We're definitely gonna watch the movie. We will get back to you guys. Nilis Cage is the one true god, man. Can you just talk about the subreddit now? Because well, it's people one true are god. gonna hear people are gonna hear Nicholas Cage is the one true god, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, so Mike is Mike is absolutely people insane!" Too? Yeah. Wow. Huh. No, it's just a. It's weird. I don't really know what it is, but uh, there's people on the internet who subscribe to a fake cult that Nicholas Cage is the one true god. That's that's there's I, there's nothing much more to say about it. They get Nicholas Cage pillowcases and T-shirts and. It's just all Nicolas Cage all the time. And it's an interesting corner of the internet. It's wonderful. I love it. It makes me really like It's a feel, generally positive place, if I'm it, being honest. It makes me feel really hopeful for humanity. For sure. Okay. For sure people at the Nicolas Cage One True God subreddit are not murdering people. No, I mean, yeah. Hopefully. What was the crazy movie we saw of his recently that I could recommend to everyone who listens? The Vampire Kiss. Oh, The Vampire's Kiss. Everyone's got to see The Vampire's oh Kiss. Oh, my God. It's like if American Psycho thought he was a vampire. If America, Okay, if Christian Bale in American Psycho thought he was a vampire and also was a lot worse at being a crazy person. <laughs> yes, he goes way more over the top than Christian Bale does, which yeah. is saying something in that movie. Yeah, but... I bet you, I bet you whoever directed American Psycho, read American Psycho, saw A Vampire's Kiss, and then was like, oh, I could make this into a movie. <laughs> it's yeah. bonkers. What's the name of the movie about this case again? Did we, did we, I don't think we even said that. The Frozen Ground. The Frozen Ground. So go see The Frozen Ground, Vampire's Kiss, One True God. We'll, we'll talk about it all next week. Yes. Um, as always, you can... Reach us on Twitter at the Detective Pod. Uh, join the Facebook group. Oh, support us on Patreon. Okay. Anyways, that's been Detective Society. I'm Natalie Levy. I'm Michael Costa. Bye, guys. Well, I thought you were gonna say our special closer. Wait, what's our closer? I think we come up with a closer. I forgot. Didn't we ask for suggestions? Oh. The world is pretty bad. It's not great. But, but it, it is ruined. ruined.